Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast. This week is another revisiting for my newsletter from July 10th, 2021. What a blast last weekend was. The 4th of July is my absolute favorite holiday of the year. There are no expectations of gift giving and everyone comes together to celebrate America's birthday. I consider myself exceptionally fortunate. My neighborhood gathers every year in our cul-de-sac, bringing food, conversation, and boom, boom. For me, the celebration starts early in the day with prepping food. I smoked ribs all day while my daughter and friends made gooey chocolate bars. Both were fantastic. Maybe five fireworks were lit on the pavement with a water hose and bucket nearby with a firework band in place this year. Ugh, the little kid in me needed to light something off. One of the other dads came up to me and said, you're just a little kid, aren't you? His remark meant to come off in a good way. My face got the biggest of grins with my reply of, yes. Another time in recent memory when I said yes was after reading an article from Rusty, a.k.a. the Prince of Pino, on a winery I knew nothing about. Rusty talks about wines from California most of the time, but he mentioned the transition of ownership of Purvey Vineyard in Oregon near Newburgh. Rusty has been a fan of this cult winery for quite some time. He has tasting notes dating back to 2003. Holy cow. The previous owners, Mark and Tina Hammond, lived a dream life for this wine geek. Back in 1980, the original vines on the property were planted in jury soil. In 1995, the Hammonds grafted over the two acres of vines with the Pomard Pinot Noir clone. The two-acre vineyard produces 300 cases a year with some other grapes from Walla Walla, including Syrah and Malbec. What is fascinating to me is that Mark had a hardware store in town while Tina worked on making wine and raising a family. In 2001, her Lenord won a gold medal at the Northwest Wine Summit. With such a small production, getting on the allocation list has been challenging, to say the least. However, it also leaves no room for error or a bad vintage. Here's how Rusty describes driving up to Privé in 2006. My arrival was signaled by two aged wine barrels next to a sign reading, Rue de Privé, and I knew I had found a slice of France in the Chehala Mountains. I spent time translating French into English a bit. Rue du Privé means private street. Privé means private. Le Nord is north and Le Sud is south. Mark and Tina wanted you to be transported to France, driving up their private driveway. They even converted an old barn into a French-style winery. Getting back to the property, I mentioned Le Nord, which is at 600 feet in elevation and is practically the backyard. Le Sud is a couple hundred feet less in elevation, showing off its old vines driving past the house that divides the two vineyards. In 2018, Tina and Mark decided to put Privé up for sale, and on October 20th, 2020, a new owner by the name of Piper Underbrick took ownership. Piper first got the wine bug while working at Flowers Vineyard and Winery in California. And she went to Old Town Cellars in Utah, back to California for harvest at Joseph Phillips Vineyard and Alpine Distillery in Utah before going into a partnership with her dad for a stint. During this venture with her dad, her heart was wanting to get back into wine. But as we always say, there is good that comes out of everything. In Piper's case, the venture with her dad allowed the accumulation of seed money for Purvey. 
where she is the owner, winemaker, and viticulturist. Enough with all the boring background information already. Let's get down to business and talk about the visit. After reading Rusty's blog post, I reached out via Instagram to make an appointment, and we agreed upon a date to come out. At the time, the website didn't have an option to call or email to make a reservation. And looking at the website now, there is a phone number to call for tastings. Pulling into the driveway, a little sign saying members only made me wonder how I was lucky enough to get an appointment. But wow, what a little slice of French heaven. I slowly pulled up the driveway and gawked at the old vines before me. Then, shifting my car into park, the tasting room was cuter than a button on a little girl's sweater for Santa pictures. I was blown away by how quaint and secluded this little gym was, tucked away, back to my surprise and delight. Getting out of the car, I walked into the tasting room, still in a little bit of a shock. Piper asked if I wanted to sit inside or out. Part of me wanted to go sit inside. The sun was out, but there was shade outside. Choosing the table with the most shade, Piper started me off with a 2019 Purvey Pinot. I am sure Piper told me about the wine, but I was still trying to recover why in the world hadn't I heard of this place. Nobody in our group had mentioned it once. The 2019 Purvey was solid on many levels and it's very enjoyable. As I started to gain my internal composure a little bit, I relished in the fact Piper sat down with me and chatted up a storm. She gave me all the backstory information I mentioned earlier and then some. Looking at her, the last expectation you have is someone who gets out into the vineyard to prune, trellis, and take care of the vines, much less make the wine. At first glance, you might think she is part of the hospitality staff. Well, she is, but she does everything else as well. As the 2019 Lenord was poured into my glass, Piper explains that most of the members are either Team Lenord or Team Lesoud. As I mentioned earlier, Lenord is a bit higher in elevation compared to Lesoud. I took notes and tasted. Wow, this was gorgeous. Am I a Team Lenord fan already? The 2019 Lesoud was next for comparison. Comparing the two, Lenord was darker in color. Lesoud was brighter on the palette and more velvety on the finish. I can see advantages of both, but I was 100% Team Lenord on this particular day. My heart adores those darker fruits. What's particularly interesting to me is that both of these wines are practically the same. The only differences are Lenord is a bit higher in elevation, along with the tad less oak. Diving deep into the terroir, these two wines are a classic example of how terroir comes into play with wine. The soil is the same along with the clones. Both wines are made with minimal intervention as well. Who would have thought a few hundred feet in elevation would make such a difference between these wines? Next up was the 2019 Syrah. Piper was telling me how hard Tina worked to get fruit from this vineyard in Washington. I know brownies were sent to the general manager on at least one occasion. The Syrah was smooth as all get out, zero tannins, and I enjoyed every tiny drop. To finish out the tasting, Piper poured me their ruby port. I'm not a big port person to begin with, and it was too sweet for me. However, if you like port, I would give it a try. Looking at the wine list, there was one we didn't try called Joy de Vere. Of course, that's how you pronounce it in French, and I totally messed it up. But anyway, the translation to English is joy of living. 
It is a blend of Lenord and Lesoud with very few cases produced and not available for tasting. Finished up the tasting, I asked Piper, can I get a couple bottles of Lenord? Her reply left me a little sad. The allocation for Purve sells out quickly. The 2020 vintage sold out in March of 2021, in which I can conclude the 2019 vintage probably sold out in March of 2020. Piper added my name to the allocation list with zero hesitation. Maybe if I'm lucky, I can get my hands on the 2021 vintage. Piper is also working to source more fruit to provide more options. It sounds like there might be some Chardonnay on its way with Pinot from Urban Ridge. Here's a side story for you, not related to wine, but pertaining to Piper's partner, Ben, has a VW Bug van. Way back when, his mom bought it. Ben had many adventures in that van as a kid. Ben's mom sold it to a friend, and over the years, it became a little worn down. Ben recently bought it from his old friend and has been working on restoring it. After all these years, it only has 105,000 miles on it. When I talked to Ben, he mentioned how much of an adventure it is to drive. The adventure part is the uncertainty of returning home. Ben was telling me one time he and Piper went out and something was going wrong. Ben told Piper, oh, it's not so bad. We're only out of gas. At least that is what I think was wrong. The gas gauge stopped working at about 4,000 miles ago. These adventures drive Piper bonkers. I am very much looking forward to more chapters of this story unfolding. I am also hopeful of getting my hands on some 2021 Lenord. It seems like Purvey has been pretty much off limits in the past. But I get the sense more offerings are on the way to allow more people to enjoy the fruits of labor Piper works to produce. So when you call to make a reservation, please let Piper know AJ sent me.